gotta get it. You have to. I, I, I'm, buying, I'm buying everything. Cause I'm a hype piece, you know. Not limited, bro. These are actually pretty fire, bro. And I'm the youngest flexer in the game. This is the In Hype Podcast. Don't believe the hype. Where Cali King talks entrepreneurship, manufacturing, marketing, and everything to dominate the physical product business. In the hype. Make the future and let's get into the show. Transform your product idea into a business reality. My name is Callie Keen, and this is End Hype. All right, thanks for watching. I don't know if you're on the podcast or you're on YouTube watching the video here in my beautiful office, right? But uh, today we're going to talk about defeating the chasm. We're gonna we're gonna hop the gorge. We're going to overcome the biggest obstacle that people repeatedly uh, come to me about funding their idea, right? So we're going to, we're going to give you a strategy that sits, it sits in step five of the nine steps that we cover in, uh, ideas to opportunity, the innovate coaching program. So we call this step traction and it's one of the funding mechanisms, one of the growth mechanisms that we use to kind of break those obstacles overcome those obstacles that people have where they've got this great idea, they've got the passion, they have the drive, they've got the skills, but they say like, I need 50K or 100K or I need a million dollars to get over here so I can create my life-changing, my world-changing idea. So how do you go from just starting out with your own capital, money out of your own pocket or no money at all to a funded idea without investment, without luck, without rich parents, without a lottery ticket, without a government grant or any of these other crazy funding mechanisms. How do you create a business that generates revenue when you don't even have that product? If you don't have money to make the product, how do you make sales to get the funding to prototype and make the product? Is this chicken and egg? Or we like to say it's the, it's the chasm. How do we cross the chasm? How do we defeat the chasm? So this is the thing. Everyone has ideas, right? You're five years old. You're playing in the backyard. You've got crazy ideas. And some people never stop daydreaming, right? They never stop thinking, looking at, at the world and saying, this is something that could be better. This is how this could be improved. Or if, if just this worked like this, uh, people would have more access or I'd have more opportunity or life would just be better or I could make a million dollars or whatever that, you know, that goal, whatever that alignment is. You're constantly seeing these opportunities, but uh, people get stuck. So everyone has ideas, but ideas are stuck. So with technical founders, you know, they look at it and they, they look at marketing and sales and all those other business elements, and it's overwhelming. And with non-technical people, they look at the engineering, the manufacturing, that knowledge and experience, and the network, and they see massive obstacles. If you don't know anything about manufacturing, stepping in and talking to a manufacturer about a completely custom product that never has existed in the world is a little overwhelming. It's a daunting thing. So how do you get more comfortable working with manufacturers understanding the language, understanding the process, learning all those little fine details and lower the risk and lower the capital risk, the time risk, the, just the risk exposure in general. So 
we see this just starting out, but we see this at lots of key stages of growing a business, particularly physical product businesses. So at, you get to a certain level and then you want to come up with a new product or you want to 10 X hundred X the production of a product. And there's these capital chasms. There's these knowledge chasms that we have to jump over. And so my job as a coach and consultant is to develop these ideas, develop these strategies that um, create a bridge from point A to point B, from where you are to where you want to go. And today we're going to talk about one strategy in particular in the concept of traction products. So this is how we defeat overwhelm. This is how we validate markets. This is how we learn all those business elements with lower risk. Um, Traction products in short is where we take your foundational idea and your massive goal and we put it on a timeline and then we reverse engineer that success and create subsequently more manageable products and actions that can take us from A to B. And we use, we use different tactics besides completely engineering and developing and manufacturing and selling a product to, to build revenue and build customers. So, um, we provide a, a framework of different strategies and, uh, Right before, right before this uh, recording, we were talking about a, uh, a, f- a young fitness icon, YouTuber, and we, I've watched this evolution where he's gone from repping someone else's clothes, affiliate marketing. And what, what was really neat about this is that since he was doing the affiliate sales, like he knew how to work with affiliates, right? He knew how the discount codes work. He also knew how the marketing worked. He knew like all the trade shows to go to, the cost points, what the marketing and what the copywriting and all the pieces, those front end pieces of the business. It's like he learned those, but instead of going to school and paying for it, he got paid for it, right? And raised his social status. I think it added a little credibility to his YouTube channel. It's like, now he's not just a YouTuber, he's a model. Like, wow, that's really cool. But then he transitioned away from affiliate and did what we're talk- going to talk about, which is private labeling, where he didn't go out and design his own clothes from scratch, but he didn't quite just like get T-shirts with his logo printed on it. He got things that were pretty custom, customized, made to his specification, but made by a supplier that knows exactly how to do it, right? And later transitioned to another one of our traction uh, product ideas, which is then going into making a custom custom product. So we were able to smoothly transition from you know, basically zero risk, pure marketing over into higher risk that we've mitigated because of the market, but like full design, right? But we've built that marketing stack. We already have access to customers. We already have content. We know how all the channels work, all those things. But we've built them using a traction strategy where we've solved the hardest problem that we can solve at the lowest risk when we can. So then our foundational idea, that big idea becomes inevitable. It becomes an inevitable progress as we grow as entrepreneurs versus jumping across this chasm, right? So it's more of like a marathon of sprints versus like evil Knievel trying to jump the Grand Canyon, right? So 
But what I want to talk about in this spectrum of strategies that we use, uh, I want to talk about private labeling in particular because I think this is super powerful. And a couple people that we're working with right now, they very effectively built audiences using social media, using their content marketing strategy, which in and of itself is almost a traction product right there, like learning how to communicate, building an Instagram or building a YouTube or building a, a blog or, you know, however they're capturing customers. You have all these customers that like you, trust you, they want to buy from you, and they have a wealth of different problems that we've mined using our process. But, like, you have nothing to sell because you need that, you know, $100,000 to develop a custom product. How do you sell? Do you do pre-orders? Certainly, you could do pre-orders. You could do crowdfunding. But what's another way that we can sell to them? And private labeling gives us access to amazing products that we can slightly alter or we can brand. We can change the packaging. We can change the colors. We can change how they're kitted together. We can... um, make alterations so they become our own. And the first response that I get from people is they're like, is that a scam? Are you talking about cheap Chinese garbage? And uh, I have to remind, I have to remind you, if you've ever gone into Home Depot, they have the HDX brand, right? Everything has its own little brand. Or you go into Costco, they've got Kirkland, Kirkland everything, Kirkland jeans, Kirkland vodka, Kirkland you know, meatballs. Uh, but in uh, the fitness industry, we see like a lot of supplements that are made by co-packers, right? They're made by formulation companies. We see that in the beauty care market. We see that in the electronics market. We see that in every market I've looked into, there is a U.S. supplier, uh, certainly a Western Hemisphere supplier, so that's local enough, private labeling company. So all that they do is they say they make cosmetics, but they don't actually sell cosmetics. They make cosmetics for all those people that you see on YouTube that have their own cosmetics line. They're not in their garage custom formulating some new type of foundation, right? They're people that uh, want to come out with that product. Like they're, they're not going to become like a scientist, right? They're not going to become a chemist overnight. And Quite frankly, if they're, unless they're running another, another business, they're a YouTuber, they probably don't have enough money to really build that line. The equipment is incredibly expensive. Uh, in, to make a, uh, let's, let's take the uh, fitness or supplement piece a little farther, to get a GMP certified facility, some of the biggest brands that are in the fitness industry they still use formulation companies and co-packers and they build the product exactly like the canister, the way the label, the way it screws on, the way it's packaged, the way it tastes, the, the color it is. Everything is done according to how you want it done. And that's kind of the extreme end of private labeling. But for uh, cosmetics, it literally is like you go there, they have, they have the product already formulated and you just pick the bottle that it goes in, you put the label, your label on it, and then you could start selling it to your customer. And like I said, those are obvious examples, but I have yet to see an industry 
that doesn't have a private labeling company domestically. Now, if you extend that to looking at places in Europe and China and the broader you know, Asian market, literally any product that your customer is going to want, there is an opportunity to look at private labeling, to look at customizing a product that already exists, that's already at a great price, and then already works, and then start to sell it to your customer. So the biggest challenge really for entrepreneurs with private labeling is like getting over the ego of your idea, right? Is that you have this massive idea, you have this concept in mind, and to realize that it's not about you. It's about your customer making them happy and solving their problems. You realize like, yes, your product is a solution to a problem that they have, but that problem could be solved innumerable ways. It could be solved by an information product in part. It could be solved by something that uh, you know already exists. It can, it can be solved so many different ways. Once you capture and start communicating with that customer, we can start adding value and we can start making sales so we can keep that relationship warm or we can grow that relationship. And again, this isn't with, you know, crap Alibaba drop shipping garbage. I'm saying you're, you're finding super high quality products. You're custom tailoring it. So it works exactly for what your customers want. And you're able to try that out at very low cost, very quickly. So instead of spending months and months and months developing a completely custom solution, you can have something in weeks to try out, start involving yourself with some initial customers and then move, move on. So uh, I really like this and the clients that, that, uh, that I have that are using the strategy, it's, uh, it's worth fantastically. But the most important part is, when they're talking to investors and even talking to new team members or manufacturers for, for their foundational idea, they can say, look, here's the traction that we have in the market. This is how many people that we have. This is the, these are the, the people that have actually purchased from us. So if we were able to move forward, we, we have a vague understanding of how many units that we can sell or what our return is going to be because you've already actually been making money, been creating revenue. And this is, this is uh, why the traction slide is so important when we make that killer pitch deck, when we make that pitch presentation that wins the innovation challenges, that wins the pitch contests, that wins uh, you know, access to investors is because we're able to demonstrate actual market traction for real, not, hey, give me some money and then this is going to happen. We can say, look, I've been able to bootstrap it this far and I can accelerate this growth at an incredible rate when uh, I win this contest or when you give me this money, right? So you should hop on board my team because we're going to win either way and we have a strategy to win either way but we'd like to win with you on the team, right? And in general, investors are definitely like this, but I, I feel like team members and even manufacturers and, you know, uh, let's say distributors and other business relationship 
uh, business relationships are like this is that people want to be involved in a winner, right? And by showing that you're flexible and that you've, you've hacked your go-to-market strategy to create fans, customers, revenue, what have you, it, it shows that you don't need them. You want them, right? You want them on your team because they're going to, they're going to help accelerate things. They're not going to make it happen. You're already making it happen. And this, this, is, a, this is a key differentiation is that when we run pitch contests, when we go to pitch contests, the people that win are able to say, I'm already doing this. Trains left the station. Okay, if you want to hop on board, you got to hurry up because three months from now, I'm not going to need the investment, right? I'm going to be looking at this next level of investment or this next level of relationships. You need to get in now. You create some urgency. And honestly, you create a little bit of like, uh, you know, you create that gap. You create the, um, you know, you don't, you're not needy, you know, you're, you're there, you're kind of aloof, if that makes sense. So uh, I'm, I'm really excited about the traction product idea in general, but do, do some research on private labeling, right? You can, you can just search private labeling USA. This is, and you, you'll see how many different suppliers there are. They'll even come up in the Google ads like, Hey, are you trying to get this? Are you trying to get this? Are you trying to get this? And you realize like how common this really is that when you start really looking into it, you realize that even in stores, whole racks of products that you'll go down the aisle are actually just made by a couple companies. They're not made. They're not really actually made by, uh, you know, an individual company like, you know, Unilever, Johnson & Johnson, of course, those are like heavyweight contract kind of mega manufacturers. But when it comes down to these these other products that you see out, uh, especially, you know, especially online, they're just made by some boring company that you've never heard of that makes a ton of people's products. And these companies are huge. They are massive in size. And having access to that speed to market and that scale is a phenomenal opportunity if you really know how to solve a problem for your customers. If you really have their ear, it's a phenomenal opportunity to start building revenue and learning all those little business pieces, right? And not have to make those massive investments. So, um, yeah, so this, this fits in that, that puzzle and it's, it's a part of how we go from that idea to a vetted opportunity, how we, like we say here in end in, in, in hype is we go from a idea product idea into a business reality because as much as I love product development and I love manufacturing, what I really love is to see clients build real businesses, sustainable businesses. And a lot of times that doesn't mean engineering and manufacturing a product just yet. It means building the revenue and building the market to make that like an actual inevitability, right? And I know as uh, technical people, as engineers, it's like really tempting to just go in there, you know, full in and just start designing away and designing away. But 
isn't really the fastest way to build a business. It's not the most reliable way to build a business in general. And when we look at these different uh, traction product strategies like private labeling, we realize uh, we can short circuit a lot of that behavior that holds people back, right? The, uh, you know, I would have been successful, but, or, you know, we had, we invented this early, but, you know, all that, that like if and when and kind of like weaseling out of that personal responsibility, the opportunity and the pathway is there to do it. Um, so we're going to keep dropping these little pieces of the framework of the coaching, uh, of the strategies that I go over in coaching through the podcast, just based on conversations that I have. And I had a great conversation today about building relationships, uh, distributed relationships, business relationships. And I think we'll go over that uh, next week. So next week we'll, we'll talk about how to build an unfair advantage with business relationships, which I feel is the most defensible way to create a business. It makes you makes you very hard to defeat no matter how small you are. It makes you very powerful in the market. So uh, that's what we'll talk about next week. I appreciate you stopping by. And if, uh, if you're listening to the podcast, thanks. The numbers are going up. Please refer a friend to the podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, we've got, we've got a, a lot more episodes, a lot of videos out there. So, uh, you know, please like, comment, subscribe, share, all those fun things, smash the like button, et cetera, et cetera. But refer, refer a friend, you know, please you post it on Facebook, but, uh, you know, refer a friend. If you got some information out of this, refer somebody. And uh, if you have a question, feel free to post it in the comments below. Feel free to, uh, you know, DM me, comment. We'll, we'll build a podcast. We'll build, a, we'll build an episode on that specific thing. And uh, if, if enough people are into it, we'll do a live. We'll do a live stream and we'll actually go into one of these strategies. So I love talking about this private labeling strategy today, but I'd love to do a live if, uh, maybe if we get, let's say if we get, uh, you know, if we get 50 likes on this video, I'll set it super low. If you do 50 likes, I'll do a walkthrough, uh, on private labeling. You guys can pick the product, comment below, and we'll, we'll walk through what steps that it would take to actually contact a supplier, get some, get some pricing, get some lead time, uh, figure out what you can and cannot customize. And, uh, I don't know. Give me, give me a challenge. You know, give me something, uh, something tricky. But I, I've yet to see something that you can private label in the U.S. and get uh, pretty quickly, at least within like eight to twelve weeks. So, let me know. And uh, this has been End Hype. I'm Callie Keen. I'm out. Thank you for listening to the End Hype podcast. Follow Callie on social at Callie Keen to stay up to date with a bunch of free content and information. Change your life and change the world in hype.